What is up? Welcome to No Walls. My name is Taylor. I'm here with Preston and Trevor. Uh, so today there is an illustration that um, I used to hear a lot um, when I kind of came to faith and 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 the charismatic circles I ran in. This is a really common illustration that would get used. And the illustration is essentially kind of talking about how back in the day, circus elephants, the way that they would train them is you would you would stick these elephants on this this long chain and you would drive this massive stake into the ground and they would stay on this chain for a really long period of time and this chain <clears throat> let them know the boundary. Mm-hmm. All right, so you, you only had so much room that you would go before this chain would tug on you. And so they'd keep elephants on it, they'd keep elephants on it, they'd keep elephants. A day would go by, a week would go by, months would go by and you're like attached to this thing. Pull over time, what winds up happening because you get so conditioned to being chained to the stake <laughs> that you no longer think about the chain mm-hmm. because it's become rhythmic for you. It's it's routine. It's 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 who you are. And what would inevitably come is with all the circus elephants, there would come a moment where you could take the chain off, but the elephant would still never go past the circle. Oh, wow. And so while they are not literally chained, mentally they're still chained. Mm-hmm. So the thing about that illustration is like you look at it, like if you were to see an elephant doing that, it's just so absurd. Like you're you're this massive animal. Like you could blow through all the tent with like almost no effort whatsoever, but you're chained. Like I can see you don't have chains, but like and you can see that you don't have chains, but you you are so sure that when you walk forward you're gonna get tugged. It doesn't actually matter if the chain's on there or not. And I, I don't know about you, but like for me, I know there's been whole moments in my life where I know that that's true. It's like, I can tell that I'm not in the same place I used to be, but it feels like I am like a lot of those same muscle memories and things take place. So, um, what do you like, how how do we not do that? Like, like, what do you think are some ways that we can not be metaphorically chained anymore to things that we've been broken free from? I think there's like a, thought process of like trying to deny that the chain was there and and like now it's gone something about like learning how to disassociate from it maybe and if you acknowledge the freedom then it like I don't know maybe that's a kick in the butt of like okay now you're free now move kind of thing but like the the step is so scary um, and uncontrollable and stuff like that. You get, it, like you said, conditioned. Like it's it, like you were you were conditioned to the chain, and then that's kind of what you built, like your life and your perception off of. That it's the simpler of the two options, and and too often we pick simple, because um, it seems more tangible than this ethereal freedom, healthy step or freedom step, or or it, a different directional step. Um, and I think that it's like the, I don't know how much of, how much of, how much of that step into freedom do you think has to be proposed in front of them before they take that, before they take the step? So like the offering of the step, how much, do you think that that needs to be like, like there has to be like a, like an image of that? Like they have to see walked out before they can, before they can apply it. Do you think how, how, I guess how important that is? I know I'm asking another question to a question, but like, that's kind of where my brain went of like, 
do you think that's the only way that it's applicable? So, um, yeah, so I think uh, I was going to answer his question first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hop up because I think it kind of segues. So I think a lot of times, um, I think a lot of times we're chained and we don't know that we're chained. And so I think like there, there are a lot of things I talked about it a little bit last night in my sermon, but I think a lot of times like the things that you're doing, um, like you're just doing them because it's rhythmatic because it's things that you've been brought up in. It's, uh, just like the way that you, you live. And so depending on how early those chains were put on you, like you might actually have never known that the chains existed. Right. And, I think even whenever those chains are taken off of you, like you don't know what the next rhythm looks like. So you're just going to keep playing the rhythm that you knew that you knew to do. Right. I'm still going to the same places. Um, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still hanging with the same people because that's, that's what I know. That's where I know to go. At least in these environments, even though they're chains, even though they're keeping me from stepping into the thing that I'm called to do, uh, I know what buttons to press here to get the reactions that I want. Like I know what to say. I know what jokes work here. I know how to, how to get people to like me in these environments. And, and so I think that's kind of where your question comes in. I think it's kind of scary to think that like, okay, so the chains are off. Um, and I can see that they're off because like clearly they are, but like, yeah, taking that next step, like where do I go from here? Right. And because I don't know where to go from here, even though I know the chains are off, I'm just going to keep walking in this circle because at least it's comfortable. Right. And I think that's kind of where we get to the calling over comfort. Right. Uh, kind of situation. Right. So. Well, like we've referenced in a podcast before about like not knowing the deficit that you're living in until yeah. you get into a new environment. Yeah. And so like the thought process that I was kind of chewing on is like, like you talking about like maybe, maybe it's a conditioning and you don't like, you get to the point where you don't realize that, the, that you are actually chained, but you never get to find out about that until you get into the new environment. So you stay that caged elephant if you will chain to your position because you've been conditioned in that little area and that so like the question about like like how much of it has to be like have you have to have like a walk in front of example of like that fresh perspective how much of that like comes into play for the first step so like i think Yeah. yeah i think when you have an example it makes it easier um because like there's like a template like someone in front of me has gotten to the place in which I want to go like have you just seen you know professional basketball played in the in the 50s 60s like it's sloppy it's uncoordinated kind of just clunky mm-hmm. until you see someone dunk mm-hmm. and then for the first time you realize like oh there's a new way to put that basketball in that hoop mm-hmm. And then you see someone step out behind the three-point line. You realize, like, oh, wait, mathematically, three is better than two. Yeah. If I get good enough at shooting jump shots and I just outpace you, like, I can cover ground quicker. Or (laughs) you see Allen Iverson do the first crossover. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, what? The ball can do that? Mm -hmm. We didn't even know. Wait, I didn't even know it was possible. And so there's something about having an archetype in front of you that is walking out a path and trailblazing one for you kind of allows you to know that it matters. It's, it's the reason why representation matters so much. Like, you know, like, um, I remember talking to my really good friend, Joshua Knowles, and he talked about like, you know, like seeing black superheroes for him is it's so empowering because you really do have representation. Like you have people that look like you doing the things that only people who've ever not looked like you could do. 
and like how helpful that is for your own imagination and your belief in self and and what God can do for you is because finally there's archetypes. Like there's there are yeah. people out there that look like me doing things. It's not always like, man, I just never seen someone from my culture rise to those levels. <coughs> Push the same reason why I think it's awesome when women get to step up and preach because it gets to be a voice to 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 women all over the room. Like, hey, y'all got something to say too, you know? Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I think yes, like <coughs> When you have an archetype, when you have an example, when you have someone who's trailblazed the way before you, well, now you know it's possible. Like, you can see that someone else, at the very least, someone else has done it. Thus, there's a chance that I can. But I would also argue all day long that you don't get to be lazy because you haven't seen someone do it. And that's the other kicker to this. cop out. Because, like, well, I'm suffering. I'm miserable. My kids are unhealthy. I'm unhealthy. But... I've never seen anyone do it, so I'm not going to try. Right. And that's where the circus elephant, like, illustration winds up playing out. In that way, it's like, who you know you're not chained, but you also don't know what walking out of this room looks like. Right. Yeah. Because I have full capability now to get away from this pole that I've been chained to my whole life. Right. <laughs> but I have actually no idea what's outside this tent. Right. But I know I'm unhealthy in this tent. Like, I know I'm not doing well. I know they're not treating me right. I know I'm being fed poorly. I know I'm not, like moving in any kind of like a healthy rhythm towards being a healthy elephant to keep pace with the illustration. Yeah. <laughs> but I have no idea what the outside looks like. Right. So I don't know that's worth it. Yeah. And what, and what, that becomes the kicker because like at some point you have to hate the chains enough to not want to pick them up. Mm. You have to loathe the damage it's done enough to step into the unknown of what can be. And that's the problem is we don't hate the chains enough. We keep lying to ourselves that pain is comfort. We keep lying to ourselves that sin is safety. Yeah. And it's just not. But we tell ourselves it is because it's the place we know to run. And we're just lying to ourselves over and over and over and over and over again. The problem with that is, just like the circus elephant, the longer you stay attached to the chains, the harder it is to create new pathways, to see new futures, to create new opportunities. But at some point, that's the thing. And all throughout my life... <laughs> in the moments I've seen the circus elephant illustration play on my own life and now in ministry helping people like man there has to come in everyone's journey this fundamental moment where you decide I hate the unhealthy patterns in my life enough to risk something new and until you hate the pain enough you won't make the step so yes an archetype makes that easier like it helps hearing someone else's story on stage that resonates with your own that helps you believe that can be possible. But also there are plenty of people who don't get that moment and still take the steps. They still fight. Why? Because they didn't know how to do it, but they did know the thing they were in wasn't good. Right. Right. Like I've never had a healthy parent model for me, what it means to love my kids well, but I do know that the marriage I'm in right now is abusive, toxic, and it's killing me. I need to do something different. Right. Right, like I, I know this relationship is not bringing the best out of me. I walk away with the worst view of myself. Da da da. Like insert the illustration or the example. Right. But there, there are people all day long that actually do wind up leaving the chains behind because they wind up hating them enough. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the fundamental problem. I don't think we hate the pain enough. Right. I don't think we hate laying our calling on the line and 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 pushing our identity to the side enough to risk finding out what's outside the tent yeah there's a story that i watched one time 
because uh, I'm an I'm I'm a weird I was a, an odd child who watched like Animal Planet instead of cartoons or whatever. I don't know if that's odd or not. Uh, it doesn't seem to be on theme with people I've talked to. Anyway, uh, uh, I watched a uh, I watched an ele- like an elephant rest there, like Wild Rescues was the show. Lost like oh my gosh, loved it so much. Uh, and they, it, it, it's very self explanatory. Like they would rescue these wild animals, and uh, they went to this like roadside zoo kind of area and rescued this big elephant who she lived by herself basically her whole life she's like 50 years old so sad they got her out of the literally it was a tent unchained her moved her to a new location and was quite was pulled out of the only, only environment that she knew and when she was released into the sanctuary that they took her to she ran as fast as she could to the fence line and was pacing the fence line back and forth because that was her comfort zone. Her her restrictions became her comfort zone. Mm. And so like that that kind of that came into my mind right now of like, oh snap, like in the midst of the freedom, and you literally had somebody like grab your hand and walk you out of it and like quote unquote save you out of it or whatever like that. But the lack there of your participation into the steps. Like that's, that's, you're that, you're that elephant. You ran back to the fence line and you're pacing back and forth when you have freedom, like, like you're in it, Yeah. but you ran back to the comfortability. Um, and really, really something cool. Like we hit community all the time. And I think that's a, I think it's a really beautiful and hopeful, uh, tangible, like source and resource to pull into and, and get help from because like in the, in her story, in this elephant story, uh, the only like the, the the steps in progress for her is when they finally started introducing other one other elephants to her and so through a t- another decade of her life she got eventually got to the point where she was able to like function away from her restrictions cool. because of because of com- essentially because of her elephant community yeah. and i just think about i don't know i think about that with with people and stuff too of like yeah. like running from it's like okay cool you move to a new location but you're still stuck in the same rest- restrictions um you, you're not doing the thing and the lack there of your action steps and the lack there of your intentional community and stuff it's like you're you're not going anywhere you're still pacing the fence but then also i've seen the beautiful outcome and and you know been a part of be a part of seeing it being a part of it of watching like the the incredible segue that happens when intentional community comes alongside doesn't do it for you doesn't doesn't like savor save your complex you but they walk alongside you in the midst of it um and how saving that can be it's pretty cool yeah i think so like what you were saying taylor i guess i kind of have a follow-up question for you um do you think you can like derive hope from the hate of the chains i i i I will die on that hill okay (laughs) i think i I think the best possible world is we as a church as a as a culture as as a as a, a human race if you will like eventually gets to a place to where like one generation is becoming like a launching pad for the next that we stop trying to compete with each other and just kind of and push the next one forward like here's what we knew to do now let me celebrate the crap out of you like 
Let me get out of the way so that the fresh vision and hope for what's next can run. And then for those of us that are the young ones, the day when we become the old ones, remembering there was a season of our life where we needed the same thing. And that thing just kind of cycles on top of itself. Because the world is not presently that place, you have just pockets where it does not exist, man. Like I, I, I know that this is true because like I was a student pastor in a really tiny town called Shakota. Like the city doesn't even have 3000 people. And I mean, I, I saw it. Like I, I, I was, I, I met people that were three, four generations deep doing the same job and had never heard someone tell them that they could do something different. Yeah. <clears throat> like they were completely inundated that this was absolutely what they were going to be from the moment they were born. Like mm. there was no possibility that my life could be different or look different if I wanted it to. And so what I know is true is that because the world is what it presently is, that you will find pockets where there isn't the ethereal healthy community that we're talking about. Like yeah. it hasn't been created yet. So then what? Yeah. Well, someone has to do it. Like, yeah. like it, it, like someone has to be that space. Someone has to create that moment. And so what I do know is I, I remember meeting, like I, I remember meeting people, um, in Shakota, there was, there was a couple, um, uh, Chris and Veronica were their names. And when I heard their story, like I mean, just your average dysfunctional family, like yeah. just hot messes and all kinds of crazy things. And uh, they, I remember hearing them talk about, you know, we, we really didn't ever have anybody to like show us like how to be healthy. Like, like they didn't use it in so many words, but essentially what they were saying is like, we didn't really have anybody like ever show us how to do this right. But yeah. we did have some really good examples of what not to do. Mm. And so our whole philosophy on parenting is just back working what was done to us. There's hope in that. Yeah. Because you still have plays, you know, don't work. Yeah. So like, if I don't have someone who's written a playbook for me to play that will get me to the end game, I want what I do know then is I have absolutely been given a lot of examples that don't work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I'm saying, like, for you to not know what to do means you definitely know what not to do. Yeah. So if you take that and you flip it on its head and you start working backwards from there, you're going to find plays that do work. Yeah. And then I think you find hope in that. Yeah. Because you, it's, it's like the, it's like the, uh, Thomas Edison quote, I believe it is, where it's like, he failed like 999 times or something like that, trying to create mm-hmm. the light bulb. And what he said was, I found 999 ways not to do it. Yeah. It's like, I think that's the way you see trauma. I think it's the way you see pain. It's like, yeah, you may not have had the opportunity or the the road paved to do this, but you do know what doesn't work. Yeah. And from that, you can start to build the premise. Yeah. And I, I know for me, a lot of life is like that. Like, I'm thankful now. Like, I am in a really healthy community here. We've got great mentors, but there are still things that I'm working the opposite. Mm. I'm, I'm running different plays because I know the way they worked, or the, the way they didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's absolutely hope in that yeah. because it's still the possibility of new. The very fact that you refuse to live the life someone else lived, the very fact that I've drawn a line in the sand that said, I'm not going to treat my kids the way I was treated has now afforded me the opportunity for new yeah. and with fresh and with new comes hope. Yeah. That's good. I think even if like, if the path isn't necessarily laid out for you, I think the fact that you are, trying to do things that you know like if is the fact that you know what's wrong and you might not know what you're doing is right but you know that it's for sure not the wrong thing i think there's so much like grace in that 
I think God honors steps and the fact that you're just taking a step um, will come with like so much more grace than if you just stay in what, you know, you know, doesn't work. So like second Peter chapter one, verse three uh, is one of my favorite passages. And it's uh, his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness to the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything required for life and godliness we have been given. And what that says to me is everything I needed to be who God had called me to be is already inside me. Mm. I have all the raw material to build the masterpiece he's called me to. Like I am missing no pieces. It was like there's not like a missing part of my Lego set. I just got to trust the master builder to work with me. Yeah. And the problem is, because we don't believe that that's true, A. Yeah. And so we abdicate the responsibility to do the work we've been called to. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see it happen. Well, no one's ever showed me or no one's ever done it. You're just making excuses. You are not a victim. Life does not happen to you. You can happen to life. And at some point, we have to come to a place, regardless of the level of trauma we've gone through, to just decide I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. It's going to be messy. It is going to be complicated. And if you're the first person in your family to ever move towards health, you are now pioneering. Like you didn't have an example. You don't have a beautiful walkway to walk, which means you're going to have to cut some brush. You're going to have to lay some concrete. You're going to have to till some soil. You're going to have to paint some lines. And like all of that is going to be messy. It's going to be a lot of sweat. It's going to be a lot of tears. It's going to be a lot of pain and frustration. But everything you need to do it, you have. Mm. And because you are now willing to do the work that generations before you abdicated, your children won't have to do it. Yep. So the brush I'm cutting, the, 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 the weeds I'm killing, the ground I'm tilling, the concrete I'm laying is all work that my three children will not have to work now. Mm-hmm. And so for me, while this road may never be as smooth as it is going to be, and in fact, it's not going to be, I've only got so much time. I've only got so much life. I've only got so much effort. I've only got so much energy What I can guarantee, though, is this path is going to be significantly easier for them to walk than it was for me. Yeah. And I know I can do it because God's given me everything for life and godliness. He has not asked me to do a thing that I do not have the raw materials to do. Yeah. I just at some point have got to make my mind up. Come hell or high water, I'm not running their plays anymore. Yeah. It's not who I am. Yeah. Now, if you were given a beautiful home and beautiful family, then you do get to have the pavement. And to to whom much is given, much is required. Mm Mm-hmm. It's time to paint some lines. You know what I'm saying? Like, like keep running, keep moving, keep chasing. But like the, the thing for me is the elephant syndrome is like, it's so easy just to be like, well, I mean, I'm not the one that put the chain on me. Mm. I didn't ask to get put here. I didn't yeah. build the freaking tent I'm trapped in. No, you're right. But now the chain's not on you. Yeah, It's time to move. Mm-hmm. It's time to walk. And I know it's scary. I know it's terrifying, but there's something outside that tent that is so much more beautiful than this nasty, tattered place that you've been trapped in. You just have to hate this enough. Yeah. And we all have different journeys. Like the, the process of that is different and it's complicated and it's it's terrifying and it's scary to be that first t- elephant. But like what, we're really going to spend the rest of our life hugged up against the fence line? Mm. Like what life is that? It's not life. Mm. And at some point, man, I think that's where you had to get. And I think that's the difference between the people 
who even when they weren't given the archetype to follow, still found a way to become functional and somewhat healthy is because they wound up making their mind up like, this is not enough for me. This is not the quality of life I want to live. This is not who I want to be. I do not want to have to wrestle with all of this every single day. I am going to get outside my tent. Yeah. And for every person, that looks different. But I do think every individual has to come to that term at some point in their life and just has to decide, like, I'm not, I'm not staying in this tent anymore. Right. I've got all the excuses. It's not that they're not even valid. Those are very real things. You did not chain yourself to that freaking pole. Right. You did not build that tent. Yeah. It is not your fault that as a baby elephant, you got put in here. But today, though, is all on you. Yeah. Right. There is no more, like, there's no more abdication of responsibility today with the material you have. If you're listening to this podcast, unfortunately, you don't get to claim ignorance anymore. Yeah. You know now. Right. Yeah. There's something outside that tent. Right. Now go do something about it. Yeah. Make the phone call. Ask for the help. Invite the people. We got a beautiful church here at The Brick. 1302 South York Street. We're all big fans of it. We're here anytime. Love to have a conversation with you, a phone call, anything you need. You know, 918-212-4662 is our church number. But what I am telling you is you have everything you need. All of the raw material to build the beautiful future God's called you is deep inside of you. It's time to start building. Yep. It is. It's time to start building. Man, I think this is a good place to end this thing. <laughs> I don't want to like go like run a marathon or something. Yeah, me too. Inspired. (laughs) Let's go build. Let's go free some elephants. Yeah. I really want to go buy an elephant. Yeah. And just like build this beautiful, like massive 5,000 acre plot and just watch them run. (laughs) There is one in Oklahoma. Did you know that? Uh -uh. There's an elephant sanctuary in Oklahoma. We should all go to it. Yeah. We should. All right. We're going to do that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Love you guys. Love you. you.